You're listening to EOD Gear Improvised with your host, former Navy EOD tech and owner of EOD Gear, Steve Cassidy. Steve Cassidy. Hey guys, Steve Cassidy from EOD Gear. I'm sitting here with Thomas Boylan. Tom is a next door neighbor of ours here at EOD Gear in Franklin. Tom is a lawyer. And specifically, we're in here to discuss gun trusts. So chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably own at least one weapon. Not asking if you do, but chances are you probably do. And so what Tom is coming in here to discuss with is having a gun trust and how that can help you in the future should laws change, passing these generationally, depending on who's going to use your weapon. So there's a lot of things we need to navigate. So we hope that you strap in for the next few minutes, give a listen and learn something and hopefully come out the other side with some really good information to act on. So I want to introduce Tom Boylan. Hi, Steve. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being in. So we have people, I own a weapon. I'm certainly concerned if, you know, the laws that are out there, I have an SBR, I have a silencer, I have a sawed-off shotgun. What's the best way for me to protect myself, my family, generationally? What are we looking at? Why do I need a trust? Well, a gun trust is a type of trust that's set up to deal specifically with the legal issues regarding the ownership, possession, and transportation of Type 2 firearms. That's not to say that you can't put Type 1 firearms in a trust. That may or may not be beneficial for you, depending on your individual situation. But a gun trust would do all of the things that you just said. It would keep the guns in the family for generations, and it legalizes your ability to own, possess, and transport them if you're named a trustee of the trust. So I'm driving in my car. I'm heading down to the range. I get a flat tire. Buddy comes over and picks me up, and I'm transporting my weapons, my SBR, and I jump out of the car and go in to grab a couple drinks at the gas station. My buddy drives off, has my weapons. That's probably bad. That's a federal violation. If your buddy is not either a trustee of a gun trust that has that weapon in it, or if he's not federally registered to possess that weapon. Okay. So we're at the range. I'm shooting my SBR and I hand it to you, but you're not a trustee or you're not on the paperwork. What is happening here at this point? Well, again, that's another federal violation. Anybody that is not registered to possess that weapon is in violation of federal law if they even touch it or if they're in control of that weapon. This is why having a trust, doing it correctly, or you don't do the trust, and you could still do everything correctly and still violate the law, or you can do it within the trust, go through a couple extra steps. But even doing it correctly requires you to really make sure you have somebody who knows what they're doing, which is why Tom is here today. Because this can be very complicated. And depending, you know, if you get pulled over, And somebody says, hey, you're not allowed to have that. And you go, well, technically, yes, I am. And then you have those kind of conversations. And then it's going to go to court or it could go to court. You got to have solid footing. Honestly, Tom, that's why you're here today because it's tough questions. Let's talk about just basically I have SBRs and silencers, cans, class two weapons, stuff I've made. And I just want to make sure I'm protected. I put it in the trust. I'm doing everything correctly. How long does that take? What does it cost? 
Definitely there's a meeting with you to see what your individual needs are and structure the trust according to what it is that you want to have done. Each trust should be written slightly differently, and that's a very good reason right there not to use the form trust that you find online. Those are just generic blank documents that really aren't well-suited for gun trust. They're basically blank trust documents. And there's several features to a gun trust that don't work well with those generic documents. I can write your trust in a day and get it back to you the next day. The longest it takes is for the feds to do the background check and get back with you. Once you send that paperwork into them and get it returned to you, it's a pretty quick process after that. You have to get the gun trust before you send on your federal paperwork. And then the gun is actually sold to the trust, not the individual. And once you get your paperwork back, the gun shop owner will sell it to the trust. Okay, so what happens if I already own an SBR and I want to put it in the trust? Do I sell it to the trust? You would have to do the transfer tax through the federal paperwork process and, and pay the tax on that. But then going forward, whenever I want to buy something... Going forward, whenever you want to buy something, the actual trust would buy it instead of you. Okay. So the trust owns the, the firearms or the silencers and allows you as a trustee to have possession and control of them and to use them and keep them in safekeeping for whoever the beneficiary. So I'm the trustee of my trust, and then I have my son, who's a pretty good kid, but uh, he's going off to college and... You know, four or five years later when he's done drinking beer and he comes back home and he wants to go shoot, then I pass away, let's say. How does that work to make sure that it stays in the family? Do I go ahead and add him as a trustee and probably not tell him? I guess we'd have to do the background check on my own son to see, I mean, does it work with minors or do you have to be a majority, 18 or, or above or 21 and above? Each trust has three parties involved. You have the grantor that sets up the trust and puts the assets into the trust. You have a trustee who's designated to handle the assets of the trust during the trust lifetime. And then you have the beneficiary who is the one that receives the trust assets at a certain time in the future. And that's the lifetime of the trust. Each trust has to have a grantor, a trustee, and a beneficiary. The beneficiary can be a minor in this case, but they can't actually be giving the assets until they become qualified to receive the weapons, the firearms, the silencers, what have you. If any one of those three are a disqualified person, then they cannot be part of the trust or they cannot be a beneficiary. And a disqualified person would be say, someone that's been convicted of a certain type of felony, a domestic violence misdemeanor. Oh, so misdemeanor even. A domestic violence misdemeanor, yes. Okay. State, local, and federal laws uh, prohibit those people from owning or possessing weapons. Illegal aliens are not allowed to possess weapons. And some others. Some of those can be rectified. You can expunge some of those convictions. But typically... Those are disqualified people, and the trust really needs to be set up in such a way that if you become disqualified during the pendency of the trust, either as a beneficiary or a trustee, then you are not allowed to even possess that weapon. So, for example, say that 
you are in the middle of a nasty divorce, and this happens quite a bit, much more than you would expect. If you're in the middle of a nasty divorce and your spouse brings a domestic violence charge against you or asks for an order of protection even, an order of protection requires that you don't have any weapons. And during the pendency of that order of protection, you're not allowed to have weapons. If you are eventually convicted of a domestic violence crime, even a misdemeanor, you cannot own a weapon and you can't be a member of this trust as a trustee or a beneficiary. So that's why it's so important not to use a generic trust that you find online. Typically, they don't deal with this, and it's a very important consideration. Okay. Minor, usually hitting age of 18 or 21, I guess, depending on the state, and they may be in another state. Right. Depending on your state and local laws, typically 21. Okay. So I want to do this the right way. I see the value in this, and I want to make sure that I'm able to protect these assets going forward. The normal ones you buy, the generic ones that you can buy at the gun store, fifty bucks. What are we looking at for a proper, a, a custom, basically a custom trust that's going to be written specifically for me? You would come in for a consultation, fairly quick. I would find out what it is your individual needs are, what you want to accomplish with your trust, and tailor you a specific trust just for you run you about $499, but that's with amendments. So you can fill out amendments yourself as you go and, and make your own corrections to it and, and keep up with your evolving life and who you want to be beneficiaries and who you want to be trustees. So you don't have to come back to me every time. You can just make amendments to your trust by yourself. Is there... An annual cost owning a trust or it's fire and forget? Well, that's one of the great advantages of having a gun trust over, say, forming a corporation or an LLC, which owns the, the firearm. You can do both. You can have an LLC or a corporation which owns the firearm. However, let's say, for example, you have a corporation. They have to have annual statements that they file every year. There has to be annual taxes paid on that corporation every year. With the gun trust, it's file and forget it. Once you once you do it and pay your transfer tax, you're done. You don't have to worry about paying any more taxes or making any more filings or anything like that. That's one of the main advantages of the gun trust. So do we get to name our trust? Sure, you can name it anything you want. Oh, I don't want to name it Steve's Gun Trust in case I'm trying to keep it I guess if it's public record and somebody and is a public record, like somebody wants to see if I own guns or what I own, or if they want to see if I have a gun trust and see what I have in the gun trust. Just saying if somebody was interested in knowing that. That's another great point because if you have a gun trust, it's completely private except for what you submit to the ATF. You don't have to make a list of what the trust contains. You don't have to make a public record of what your trust contains other than what you supply to the ATF. It's completely private. Nobody even knows, has to know that you've got this. Okay. So it's good from a privacy standpoint as well. Sure. Yeah, it's great. So if somebody walks up, Hey Steve, do you own this? I'm like, Nope, I sure don't. Never heard of it. <laughs> so, but the trust owns it, but I don't have to admit to that. I That's guess. right. Okay. What are some of the bad cases you've seen? Somebody should have had a trust and didn't. There's a lot of stuff that you can see online. 
I haven't myself run into too much of this stuff, but it's out there and ramifications are pretty severe. The consequences are pretty severe if you violate the federal laws. Jail's bad. Jail's bad. Nobody wants to Nobody wants to, to go do to that. Jail. If if you can avoid all of that for five hundred bucks and make your life easier, you really probably ought to consider it. But that's not to say gun trusts are for everybody. Hey, let me just jump in. If if you're listening to this and you're going like, wow, five hundred dollars that's a lot of money for a gun trust. And I'm like, but you're telling me you own two thousand dollar to five thousand dollar glass. <laughs> your argument isn't really holding water with me. So just, you know, like I understand you kind of get what you pay for. And, and that's certainly true in the weapon system that you're going to put in the trust. So don't, don't go cheap on that. You know, you're not going to put on bad glass on a, on a great rifle and you're not going to put a bad glass on a great rifle. So don't, don't put basically your financial and legal future in something that's uh, entry level, let's say. So for those of you saying the $500 is too much, let's look at what you own and, and act accordingly. There's some really great advantages and it, it gets you set up in such a way that when you pass, you know that your firearms are protected. There's a mechanism for the storage and the way they pass to the beneficiary because without that mechanism and you die... Say that the say that you have the silencer registered just to yourself and you want to will it to your son. When you pass, nobody's allowed to touch that silencer. Not only that, it's if it's in your cabinet at home and somebody comes knocking, guess who's in possession of it? Your family members are now in possession of a prohibited silencer because it wasn't in a trust, it was registered to you, you're no longer around. So a trust will deal with how you want to pass that along. A trust will also deal with what happens if a person becomes disqualified, like we talked about before. There's specific steps that's got to be taken. There are specific people or entities that come and take possession of that weapon or silencer or other type 2 firearm. You can designate multiple trustees to be in charge of these things. So really a a gun trust does more than just keep you out of jail. It, it handles your uh, multi-generational use. It handles things. So you don't have to go through probate. You don't have to file taxes and you don't have to make things public record. So it keeps things private. There's just a whole bunch of really great reasons to use a gun trust. All right, Tom. So uh, I have my trust. Who is actually in control to buy, to sell, or to transfer firearms or Type 2s within the trust? Anybody who designates a trustee is in charge of the assets of the trust. So you can designate yourself as a trustee. If you're the grantor and you set up the trust, designate yourself as a trustee. You're in charge of everything in that trust. You can also designate as many other people as you would like to be trustees and you can take them out as trustees as you go along. Say you have evolving relationships with people over time, they can be added or subtracted as trustees. But each one of them have the ability to buy, sell, and transfer the assets of the trust. So you better trust the person you're putting as a trustee. That's if they can sell it, 
That's exactly right. They could transfer it to themselves. So you need to be careful with who you Let's kind of want. I guess we back up and do the the background check. Yeah. Just, just well, know your friends is another thing. But uh, if, if you're, you're concerned con- about that, uh, leave yourself as the trustee and uh, add people as may be needed when you go to the gun range or things like that. Okay. Very well. I like that. And then take them back off when you're done. As soon as possible. So I'm going to look at, you know, asset protection privacy and on from generation to generation, making sure that that all stays protected. I think that's huge. That is so important these days because everybody works really hard to acquire really great things that we have a right to possess. And we want to make sure we keep that and that our family has that in case we're not around. Guys, I really want to thank you for listening in and, and Tom, I really appreciate you coming in. Super convenient way to get a hold of Tom. You want to set up your gun trust. He is actually next door to EOD Gear. We're at 107 Confederate Drive. Tom is at 103 Confederate Drive. So it's Thomas J. Boylan. And you can go to boylanlegal.com, B-O-Y-L-A-N-L-E-G-A-L.com. Bravo, Oscar, Yankee, Lima, Alpha, November, Lima, Echo, Gulf, alphalima.com. Get a hold of Tom. He can sit down with you, create something specifically for you to protect you, protect your family, protect your legacy, and make sure you keep uh, possession of everything that's yours. You've been listening to EOD Gear Improvised. Improvised. With explosive discussions and sound effects. Steve Cassidy, a former Navy EOD tech and owner of EOD Gear. Initial success or total failure. The website is eod-gear.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. EOD Gear has customers from around the globe. Stand by. Until next time, this is EOD Gear Improvised. Signing off.